Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for April 8th, 2022. It is a Friday. So those of you that know me, I like Monday morning setting the tone for the whole week. I really like Fridays, closing out the week strong, heading into the weekend strong. So before I get into the message this morning, I do need to tell you, I have a, a note, an announcement. I kind of told you yesterday already, but um, next week is spring break for our kids. So we are getting out of here. So uh, we're looking forward to a break. We're looking forward to the beach. We're looking forward to a re- uh, some relaxation time. So I will not be sharing today's word next week. And uh, this is the last message that you're going to get before Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. So we actually get back right before Easter Sunday. So this is the, the last message. So I'm going to flow in that vein. I've been teaching you a lot about the power of the resurrection, about the fact that Jesus died on the cross for you, why the cross is important, why it is important to understand that we're no longer under the, the, the old covenant of the law. John gave us the law. Um, I'm sorry. John said that the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And so all of that we've covered in this series. I trust that you've been enjoying it. And so now I'm going to give you a message today entitled Jesus's story is my story. It's about Good Friday and it's about Resurrection Sunday. I believe this message is going to be a blessing to you. Get ready to receive the word. All right, so let's get into the word for this morning. Real quick, um, as a reminder, while I, while we're gone on spring break, uh, we are, um, you know, I have over 2,500 videos on YouTube. So if you get my messages, you get the link there. It's youtube.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then on todaysword.org, there are thousands and thousands of messages there on todaysword.org. So please avail yourself to that. And let me just say something before I get into the word real deep about taking a break. Um, so rest is spiritual. I want you to know that rest is spiritual. So as a, as a human, there was years that for years, I, I never took a break from today's word. And then one, one year the Lord was like, no, you need to, you need to like take some time with your family. Just take a break. It's okay. Uh, Monique, I see you on there. You guys hosted us last year in St. Thomas. It was amazing. I'm looking forward to a different Island this year, but we're going to take a break and rest is spiritual. You need that. You can't just run, 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 run. You need to rejuvenate yourself so that you can come back ready. So you need those those pauses so that you can be the man, the woman that God has called you to be. You got it? All right. So what does this mean for you today? Let's get into the message this morning about Jesus. I have three things to share with you this morning. As I get into these things, this is when I want you to open up your heart to receive. Number one, Jesus really died. Like his death was not a hoax. Uh, John chapter 19, verse 34, the Bible says, one of the soldiers stabbed Jesus in the side with his spear. Blood and water gushed out. One of the soldier, soldiers stabbed Jesus in the side with his spear. Blood and water gushed out. Over 500 people saw Jesus after the crucifixion. And so for me, that's proof enough that Jesus was raised from the dead. But some will say, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute, Rick. What if he really wasn't dead? What if he really didn't die? <laughs> and so maybe people saw him after the crucifixion because he didn't really die on the cross. Okay, well, let's deal with that. On the day of Jesus's crucifixion, on the day that we call Good Friday, Jesus 
had already been beaten severely. And that's that's in the text, that's in the Bible, and it's documented in history. So he had been beaten severely. He had been flogged 39 times with the cat of nine tails. I've already painted that picture for you. Then he was made to carry the cross that he was going to be nailed to up to Golgotha's hill. And when he got there, he was physically nailed to a cross in front of hundreds of witnesses. And then he hung on that cross in front of hundreds of people from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. that day. And then from 12 to 3, the sun refused to shine because the sun was shining. And so Jesus was on display for everyone there to see. And hundreds of people saw it with their own eyes. They watched as Jesus was, was in excruciating pain as he was trying to shift the weight of his body between his lower body and his upper body. If he tried to pull up with his upper body, he had these railroad-like spikes in his hands. And so it's just shooting pain throughout his nervous system. And then if he tried to put the weight on his lower body, then the same thing is happening in his feet. They watched him for six hours. He hung up there on the cross for, for six hours. So they saw as the pain was going through, they saw the physical pain and they saw the two other guys that were with him going through that same type of pain. And they heard, as Jesus said, it is finished. They saw, they heard Jesus say, it is finished. And in that moment, Jesus said, okay, father, into thy hands, I command my spirit. And he gave up the ghost. Just like that, he gave up the ghost. And they saw it. They saw all of that, right? And then the final evidence came. After he gave up the ghost, it was a day of preparation. It was a day of a preparation for a special Sabbath. So the Jews could not touch anything on the Sabbath. And for the Jews, the day starts is night then day. Not, it's not day then night. So when the sun goes down, 6 p.m., now that's it. Like for them, the next day started. So the Sabbath would have started at 6 p.m. It's already 3 p.m. And they can't touch anything dead on the Sabbath. So they needed to hurry up and get these people down, these bodies down, because if they don't get the bodies down now, then they can't touch it on the Sabbath. They're going to have to leave the bodies there for 24 hours. And that would be disrespectful. So they tried to get the bodies down right away. So they only had three hours to get those bodies down, prepared, wrapped up, and then into the tombs. And so they asked Pilate for the authorization to break the legs of the men just to make sure that they were dead. And so the Roman soldiers came and they broke the leg of the man that was to Jesus's left. Then they broke the legs of the man that was to Jesus's right. But when they got to Jesus, they believed he was already dead, so they didn't break his legs. They still needed to verify that he was dead, so they came up with something different. One of the Roman soldiers takes a spear and stabs Jesus in the side, and the Bible says that blood and water came gushing out. And physicians will tell you that for that to happen, for blood and water to come gushing out, then his organs had already ceased to function. And so now let's take a look at some of the evidence. Rome was in power at the time, and Roman soldiers were skilled in battle. Their spears were tapered to a point where they could easily penetrate the flesh of a human. And the soldier had to yield the sword violently into Jesus. Why? Because later in John 20 and 27, when Jesus had a, a resurrected body, he said to Thomas, hey, come here, put your hand, put your hand inside of my womb. So if he says to Thomas, put your whole hand inside of my womb, then the womb couldn't have been a small womb. <laughs> it would have had to have been at least five inches wide and, and very deep for Thomas to put his whole hand inside of there. So even if Jesus was alive, even if Jesus had not gone through what he went through, if I take a spear and stab somebody, you know, it, it, 
to the point where I can put my whole hand inside the wound, then doggone it, that joke is going to be dead anyway, right? And so, so Jesus had been through all that he had been through. His body was beaten. He, he had, he had, hung there for six hours. He was crucified and then he was stabbed. So there's no way that he was not dead. And then lastly, let me just say this in Exodus 12 and 46 and Psalms 34 and 20, it was prophesied that one of, that not one of Jesus's bones would have been broken. So even in the last moment, like even before the soldiers are taking the bodies down, hey, let me break this guy's legs. Hey, let me break this guy's legs. When they get to Jesus, ooh, let's not break these legs. Why? Because it was prophesied. That's just another reminder of the sovereignty of God. That, I mean, like the hand of God was moving in, even to the very end. Listen, Jesus died. He really died. Yeah, this is not, it was not a hoax. Jesus died a real death. He was raised from the dead with all power in his hand. So you should never cease to give God praise for what Jesus did for you. Say amen to that. All right, that was number one. Number two, resurrection power is now available to you, but it comes at a cost. Resurrection power is now available to you, but it's going to come at a cost. In order to experience the power of the resurrection, we must be willing to endure like Jesus endured. A lot of people say, you know, I want to operate in power. I want to operate like even me. I say, like I tell you all the time, say as Jesus is, so am I in this world. Like we, we declare it, we declare it, we, we name it, we claim it. But in order to live like Jesus, you got to be ready to face the opposition that Jesus faced. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 10 from the easy to read version, the Bible says, so we born again believers, New Testament believers. So we constantly experience the death of Jesus in our own bodies. But this is so that the life of Jesus can be seen in our own bodies. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10, easy to read version. Let me read that to you from the New International Version. NIV says, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus. But this is so that the life of Jesus can be revealed in our own body. The Passion Translation reads, we continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the the resurrection life of Jesus would be revealed through our own humanity. What does this mean? This means that, listen, but we, yes, we want the same resurrection power to be manifested, but that means that we are going to have to deal with things and we have to overcome like he overcame. And if they came up against Jesus, they will come up against us. Philippians 3 verses 10 and 11, Paul says, all I want, listen, listen, I, I, forgetting those things which are behind. Listen, looking forward unto those things of, of which are before. Everything that I did before, I counted as dung. I don't, I don't even care about that. Verse 10, he says, all I want is to know Christ and the power that raised him from the dead. I want to know the resurrection power, but in order to do so, Paul said, but, but, but that means that I have to know God in his sufferings. That means that for me to partake, partake in the resurrection power, I also have to participate in the sufferings. Then there will be hope in myself that I, I too will be raised from the dead. Listen, for me to know God in the power of his resurrection, then I also have to know God in the fellowship of his sufferings. Resurrection power and earthly sufferings is a package deal. If you want to know God in the power of the resurrection, then you got to know God in the fellowship of his sufferings. And so let me say it this way. The apostle Paul and his contemporaries from the, the first century church, they were persecuted for the cause of Christ. 
Like people today say, oh, Brother Pena, can you pray for me? Okay, sure. What's the matter? I'm being persecuted at work. Oh man, for real? You're being persecuted in the United States? Yeah. Wow. What are they doing? Man, I played a gospel song. They told me to turn it off. Dude, that's not persecution. I mean, like, I, it's almost like people don't, no, 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 no. These people were persecuted. I mean, they were burned alive at the stake. They, they filled coliseums, took Christians in here, said, oh, you want to believe in Jesus? And they put them there and they tied them up and they released lions and tigers and they were eaten alive for the cause of Christ and people kept preaching Jesus. And they were told they were beaten, they were imprisoned and they said, okay, don't say Jesus again. And they, they would go outside and still preach Jesus, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Nothing that they did to these people could stop them from preaching the gospel of Jesus. That's how they changed the world. And so listen, this was the establishment of the church. This was the first century Christians. They suffered persecution and they knew God in the power of his resurrection because they were willing to experience the fellowship of his sufferings. And so I'm telling you that if you want to walk with God, there's no Christianity without suffering. Listen, Jesus said, all that live godly shall suffer persecution. If you want in this world, Jesus said, you're going to have trouble, but I've overcome the world. So if you want to live godly, if you want to be a man of God, a woman of God, if you name the name of Jesus and you're not willing to bow down and you're, you're not, matter of fact, here's something funny. I was at a, a business breakfast yesterday. And so it was me and two other guys. We're at a business breakfast. We're basically having a meeting at, at a restaurant. And so we, we go there, the food comes right when the food comes. I, I didn't even think nothing of it. Hey, you mind if we pray? I need to pray. Oh, cool. Go ahead and pray. I pray. I release the blessing over the meal, right? And, and then that's it. Like, I didn't think nothing of it. I do that everywhere. I do that everywhere I'm at. I can care less. I, and I do it out loud. No, none of this silent stuff. And so, and so last night, the guy, one of the guys that I had the meal with, he texted me. He was like, man, thank you for uh, blessing the meal. And thank you for allowing me to participate in the blessing. That, that doesn't happen all the time in a business meal. I really appreciate it. That inspired me. And I was like, man, that inspired you? I mean, why, why are people so timid? Like, I mean, like, you know, some people say to me, man, Rick, how is it that you, like, you know, your, your faith, even on LinkedIn, you know, that's supposed to be for professional stuff. And it's like, you're so public. Listen, I know who I am. I, I can't change who I am. I am born again. Jesus bought me with the price. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. Now, I'm not going into every meeting saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. I don't do that at all. But my life is an example. My life is a living witness. And yes, if it means that I have to participate in sufferings, yeah, there, there are people that come up against me, but that's okay. Their poison cannot stop my purpose. Listen, if you want the power of the resurrection, you got to be willing to experience the fellowship of his sufferings. You should never be ashamed. The resurrection power of Jesus is available to you, but that means that people may come up against you. But if you want, look at me, if you want power, then you got to be ready for sufferings. If you want power, you can't have power without opposition. Listen, if you want to walk in the power that Jesus walked in, you must be prepared to experience the opposition that Jesus faced when he was in the earth. And you can never give up along the way. The last point I'll make on this point is that both power and prosperity come with persecution. Let me slow down. Power and prosperity come with persecution. If you want to walk in supernatural power, if you want to be used of God to, to heal the sick, uh, to, 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 to lay hands on the sick, for the supernatural to flow, for miracle signs and wonders, if you walk in divine power, then yeah, that's going to come with persecution. People are going to talk about you because people will always criticize what they do not understand. And so if you want God to use you in a way that is supernatural, that exceeds 
human explanation, people will criticize that because they criticize what they do not understand. So if you walk with power, divine power, there will be persecution. And then same thing with prosperity. If you want to open your heart, God says, hey, I want you to do this and I want you to be successful in this lane. God will, God will raise up people to use their power, their ability, their influence, and their money to help you. And then God will put you in a system like a media system, education system, the military system, business, whatever. He will send you into a system. He will anoint you. And then he will elevate you in, the, in that system so he can influence the whole system, right? But if you want to walk in that type of success, that type of prosperity, that's going to come with persecution too. Both power and prosperity come with persecution. And you got to be okay with that. You got to be okay with people having your name in their mouth. You got to be okay with the fact that people are going to talk about you and they will criticize what they do not understand, but that's okay because their poison can't stop your purpose and you have to keep going. Power and prosperity come with persecution, but all you have to do is just keep going, continue to be, you embrace it, embrace the grace to be who it is that God has called you to be and don't make any excuses for it. Don't make any excuses for you being you. If God, God causes you to prosper, God raises you up. God is using you to do this. God is using you to do that. God is using you to do this. God is using you to do that. You now retire. You have more time on your hands. You thought you was going to be chilling. God says, no, now I want you to do this. Now I want you to do that. And God is using you with all of these. You're influencing people. You're making impact. People are going to talk about you. People are going to, listen, if nobody's talking about you, then you're not doing anything of significance. Let me slow down. Say that again. If, if nobody has your name in their mouth, then you're not doing anything of significance. But if you're going to do anything of significance, people are going to talk about you and you got to be okay with it. And you got to not let that bother you. And you got to keep going. Say amen to that. All right. Number three, last thing for today, as I close, I wrote a poem when I was in Bosnia. Uh, this was 98, 99. And uh, I wrote a poem for Easter Sunday. So I guess that was 99. Uh, and I titled the poem, The Story. The Story, and it's, it's about Resurrection Sunday. And so I'm gonna close with basically just giving you this poem. And I believe that this poem is gonna be a blessing to you. You ready? It's a poem called The Story. It's about Jesus. Here we go. The Story. God deposited his best inside of Adam in the garden. Kingdom, dominion, power, blessing, and the more. But shortly thereafter, Humanity was seeking a pardon. Adam sinned, and the recovery of this sin, a chore. God reestablished his blessing with a man named Abraham. To bless the whole world was his charter, his mandate, his command. I'm not sure if Abraham could truly understand the awesomeness of the task that the Lord had placed in his hands. But sin and death still ruled because of Adam's transgression. An answer to this dynamic duo of destruction was needed in the land. So two types of animals were chosen as an annual concession. The blood of innocent animals was to be shed by the hands of guilty man. The Passover lamb served as a covering for death. The atonement lamb as a covering for sin. But the blood of these animals was a temporary solution. So God sent Jesus to fight the ultimate battle and win. Jesus was the Passover lamb. Death had been conquered once and for all. Jesus was also the atonement lamb. On Calvary's cross, sin took the ultimate fall. So behold, the lamb of God who took away the sin of the world, the ultimate sacrifice paid on Golgotha's hill. They hung him wide. They stretched him wide. He hung his head 
For me, he died. And for three hours, the light of the sun was stilled. But the true victory came later after three nights and three days when Jesus rose with all power in his hand. The resurrection is the gospel told in so many ways, and we must keep preaching it all throughout the land. Jesus died to pay the penalty for sin. Jesus rose so that we could do the same. Jesus's victory is now transferred to us. So we win back to dominion and blessing and power in life's game. So this upcoming Resurrection Sunday, please remember what it's all about. It's about more than rabbits and eggs and colorful attire. It's about redemption from sin and death, which should make you want to shout, Jesus died, Jesus rose so we could live higher. That's the story that we tell. That's the story that we sing. That's the story that we preach all over the globe. But it's more than just the story. It's a life-changing thing. It's the gospel preached for the whole wide world to know. Jesus is alive. That's the story. Glory to God. Woo, glory. I felt that. All right, so let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die in my place. I know his death was no hoax and no one took his life. The Pharisees, the Sanhedrin Council, Pilate, and all of Rome could have come together and none of them had the power to take Jesus's life. Jesus willingly gave up the ghost for me. He died a true and total death and you resurrected him to a complete and total life. I flow in that vein this morning. I speak to every seemingly dead situation in my life. And I declare that your resurrection power comes to me and through me. I serve a God who can give life to dead situations. So I speak life and not death, blessing and not cursing, victory and never defeat. The power of God is manifesting itself in us, through us, with us, and for us. Jesus is Lord over my household. And because you, God, are the greatest power, we shall never be defeated. I overcome because Jesus overcame. Living this way, I know Greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages and you want my notes, you should have got these notes. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email uh, inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. I'm ready for a break. I'm looking forward to it. When I come back, it's going to be the day after Resurrection Sunday. So celebrate Good Friday. Celebrate Resurrection Sunday. Celebrate what Jesus did for you. If this message was a blessing, leave me some comments in the chat. I like to read those comments and then share this message right now on your uh, social media, on your timeline and with your friends. And because God is the greatest power, we shall never be defeated. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing day.
Have an amazing week. I'll see you after Resurrection Sunday. God bless you.